Benjamin, how are you, sir? Long time no talk. Uh, your your mic isn't uh, working too well, so I guess while you fix that, Andrew, also long time no talk. Welcome back. How you doing, man? Uh, tired. Very tired. Tired. Tired of what, Andrew? Tired of what? Of all the indictments? No, of just all the drama. No, just or tired because I've been up since five this morning, and I'll probably be up at five tomorrow morning. And you know, we're getting into election. Why is that? Because uh, I I work a lot. <laughs> See, what are you thinking after today, Andrew? Like you know, we saw the, the two IRS. Uh, folks speaking out, the special agents there that are involved in the IRS's criminal uh, investigation division coming out against Hunter Biden, one of them being, it's worth noting, a gay Democrat. I kind of want your initial thoughts on that before we get started. We're inviting the rest of the panel. Uh, Tell me what you think. Yeah, I I was watching that hearing on and off while I was doing other things today, and it, it Remind and the, it reminded me of something that uh, someone who was a very experienced criminal investigator uh, once uh, once told me, uh, and and he said he said to me, you know, Andrew, uh, I know that our you know our enemy is supposed to be the criminals who were investigating, but really, our enemy is the lawyers. Uh, it, and what I saw in, in today's hearing was was really a tale as as old as time. You had criminal investigators who were investigating a case and wanting to press a case and wanting to further that case. And at every step, you had lawyers being lawyers and saying, eh, I'm not quite sure. Eh. Uh, maybe we don't need to do a search warrant here. Maybe we, you, know, you think we have probable cause, but I don't know if a judge is going to say we have probable cause because uh, there's one thing that uh, a lawyer who is in the business of prosecuting crimes hates more than anything, and it's bringing a case and losing that case or getting a search warrant and then bringing a case and then having the district judge who hears that case throw out all the evidence because even though a magistrate uh, judge that they brought the search warrant application to decided, yeah, we've got probable cause here. The district judge looks at it, the motion to suppress from the defense and says, actually, no, not so much. You didn't have probable cause and I'm, I'm suppressing everything. And uh, by the way, since all your evidence is gone, I'm dismissing your case. Uh, have a nice day. So I, I think it's it's important to realize that there's always a, a tension between uh, the guys with guns who investigate the crimes and, and as you know they say on law and order and the district attorneys or U.S. attorneys who prosecute the offenses and that tension is is that investigators dig up everything they can but it's the prosecutors who have to take those cases into court and if they don't think they're going to win. Or if they think there's a chance that uh, the judge is going to throw out uh, evidence that they get on a search warrant that the investigator thinks the PC is solid, but they know the case law and they know the judges they're going to be in front of and they don't think it's going to work out in the end. The lawyers at the end are going to say no, because 
every prosecutor uh, wants to someday end up being a former prosecutor with a nice law firm job that pays them lots of money. And the best way to do that is to have a very, very high conviction rate. So it's nothing I, I saw today surprised me. But I don't think it's the, the giant you know, conspiracy that the Republicans on the committee thought it was. I thought what I thought was this is the normal back and forth that happens. And in this case, the investigators you know, had a, a hook to run to Congress to and complain because of who the person they're investigating was. And if you, if you look at some of yeah. the dates, the specific dates that they're talking about, there was a big chunk of time when they were complaining that, oh, the department's not letting us do this or do that, take overt steps in the investigation, when a lot of it was during an election year when they were being told uh, that department policy yeah. is you don't take those overt steps. So, uh, there's, yeah, so, there's so Andrew, not... I, I got I to I jump, jump in here, here because uh, we've got most of our panelists up here. And I, I, before I start here, uh, obviously the topic today is uh, Donald Trump has given us a notification that he will be indicted in a third case in Georgia, uh, one that's the special counsel appointed by, uh, uh, this isn't the by Georgia Joe one. Biden. This, this isn't the Georgia one. This is federal, probably in Washington. Well, yeah, well, this uh, is the, okay. the, yeah, the Georgia one hasn't been, I think there's no indictment. Or there's no indication. There's nothing about the Georgia one now. Uh, well, at least not a story on that it's one. But, but, the Georgia so one this, will absolutely it, It's definitely coming. So I'm sorry about that. But oh, okay. uh, indicate uh, Trump had been, uh, he had gotten indications. This is, this one is a federal suit uh, about, him possibly being indicted in uh, by, by special counsel Jack Smith into efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And so I want to go to, uh, let's see, or Mike Benz, I'd like you to sort of give an overview of that if you can, and your initial thoughts on that, and then we'll go to the panel. And I'd like everybody in the audience, also the people that have, have looked into this and have read about it, put your questions down in the bottom right-hand corner, and uh, we'll uh, send them over to our panelists here very shortly. So go ahead. Yeah, this is the biggest batch of bullshit that the world has ever seen. This is completely delegitimizing to our system of justice, to the legitimacy of what we've entrusted to the Justice Department itself. This turns us into something worse than most third world countries. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that this indictment will happen and then the Georgia indictment will happen. And you have a situation where the leading opposition – on election day of next year is facing over a thousand years in prison. You know, rape in this country is is uh, is typically between five and ten years and in twenty five. Mike, Mike, can we? Mike, sorry, Mike, can I ask you a question if you don't mind? I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a few steps back. Can you just break down what the indictment? Obviously, we can only speculate, but what the indictment today would involve and how it compares to the uh, last two indictments we've seen, the, the Alvin Bragg one and the. Uh, the um, Mar-a-Lago one. Yeah, yeah so and while, is, while you answer that question, I need you to kind of break down just a little bit for the audience, summarize it for us. What is this indictment about? And then yeah, right. I'll also go into so, so folks know, So as folks know, Trump is currently facing something like 538 years in prison between the New York State Attorney General's uh, office case um, involving a pay, an alleged payout from the 2016 election to a porn star and then about 400 years for uh, unspecified documents in boxes. Uh, so, and the, these new charges relate to the January 6th events. 
So as folks know, you know, the January 6th new 9-11, as it was sort of billed, you know, has been this intensely media amplified insurrection plot that has sort of worked up the chain in, from everyone from the, the Proud Boys to the Oath Keepers to the Three Percenters, and then creeping more and more into Trump's inner circle to try to build towards a case to indict Trump himself on some sort of incitement charges or some sort of conspiracy charges uh, or some sort of racket, basically some sort of way to claw Trump into criminal culpability for the events of January 6th. So this has been a long time coming. There's been a huge amount of, of DOJ pressure on on folks within in January 6th cases to try to engineer this case, including the work of the rigged select committee. And there's no if you can indict a ham sandwich, you can damn sure indict, you know, Trump on this in in uh, in Washington, D.C. It has nothing to do with his, you know, with with his uh, fault. It has to do with the fact that the Justice Department is now a baseless, amoral, rogue agency which is doing exactly what we sanction other countries for doing, locking up the leading opposition on BS charges that they know they can only get away with because they are the party in power. This is something that, you know, really, if this stands and there is not an eye for an eye, if Republicans don't set up prosecution factories and start going after Democrats this way, if, the, if, if, the, if House congressional committees don't inflict some sort of cost on doing this, then our republic is gone. Anyone who tells you eye for an eye makes the whole world blind is a defense lawyer for eye pokers. Yeah, and so Andrew, I'm going to go back to you real quick, and then we'll get some. Uh, I'll go to Dan here right afterward. But I, I, I want to ask here. So the target letter that Donald Trump received cites three statutes that Trump could be charged with, including per, uh, or pertaining to deprivation of rights, conspiracy to commit an offense against or defraud the United States and tampering with a witness what do, what do those entail i mean what 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 are their accusations here uh, regarding the january 6th uh, events well it's that's a, that's a good question and i, I just want to note uh, i think rolling stone has reported uh, what was supposedly in the target letter and i think uh, maybe abc matched their reporting i have not matched uh, their their reporting uh, thus far but uh, what those those charges? I, I, I want to refer back to what uh, what Mike was just uh, was just saying. Uh, on the surface, do not appear to involve uh, the the violent events uh, of that day. And and there's a, a distinction that I think a lot of people have not been making, which is that uh, Jack Smith's uh, his brief his his uh, where what he's been charged with investigating uh, is not just anything stemming out of the violence, it's also all that led up to it, the efforts to uh, reverse uh, the result of, of the 2020 election. And uh, that has to do with the, uh, the, the fake electors uh, that were submitted to the National Archives. Uh, and it, it has to do with uh, just efforts to somehow uh, install himself in, in the White House for another four years. Uh, against the wishes uh, of voters as expressed through the Electoral College. And, and that does not necessarily have to have anything to do with the violence, but that's where you're getting the conspiracy to defraud the United States, I think. Uh, the deprivation of rights under color of law, that's, that's an interesting uh, 
a very interesting charge, and I'm not sure where uh, that would that would come from. Uh, the witness tampering, I, I am completely speculating uh, because I don't know. Uh, but if I were to just throw out a wild guess, I, I think that might have something to do with uh, Cassidy Hutchinson or one of the other witnesses who testified before the January 6th committee, because if you recall, uh, Liz Cheney uh, teed up a, a recording, uh, in, in, I think it was a, a recording of uh, Ms. Hutchinson's testimony when she said that uh, she had gotten, either her or another witness had gotten pressure from uh, people in the president's camp. And uh, so, so, so I think actually, that... Let me... What you said, Andrew, is really interesting, but I just want to bring Vish in. Vish. Um, hey, Vish. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, the, what we've heard from uh, Donald Trump is there's going to be some possible indictment in relation to Jan 6. Now, the question is this. I know you can say, look, he did this wrong, and this could be the charge, and we're trying to match what the charge is possibly to what he did, but... Looking at it from an objective perspective, what has he actually done that would cause him to be indicted? Like, why is he getting blamed for? Let's say even the protests were really violent, which the which obviously we've seen the videos. There's a bit of disagreement about some of it and some it's of it. It's not clear but... he's getting charged for anything having to do with the protests or the violence, though. So I, I think there's there's a no, that's no, not basing it on his um his uh, his responses and his press release. So Vish, the question to you is like. What's your initial thoughts? Like, is this a political attack? Like, what is going on? Well, I think what what the sort of, you know, what the what the feds here or Jack Smith are trying to do are, you know, and you can kind of see this in how, you know, the media sort of frames it as, you know, Trump didn't do anything or Trump didn't do enough when January 6th happened. Um, I believe that that is an attempt to sort of create the gross negligence standard around the actions or, you know, the sort of events that happened on and what he, in that he didn't do enough to quote unquote, quell the, quell the, um, the outrage or, or the uprising. Is Is that his job to quell the outrage? So, I mean, I looked at his Twitter post prior to what happened you can't, like, how could he then be charged based on that? Well, it's not, it, it, I believe that it, they're attempting to, to that they can charge, listen, you could charge a ham sandwich. Like, that's, that's neither here nor there. I think that there is going to be an attempt to basically hold him to that standard. And I think you're going to see, especially the media and the pundits and everybody coming out and saying, you know, it's gross negligence. He could have did more. He should have did more. He should have come up and said, you know, he should he should have did this. He should have did that. Right. It's basically trying to prosecute him with a game of Monday morning quarterback. Right. And so that is yeah, I think that that is the strategy. And ultimately, you know, I think that even if he were to be convicted of anything um, that, you know, comes about, we would immediately, I, I believe, head into constitutional crisis because we don't even know if, you know, the president, a former president who's entitled to, you know, uh, Secret Service protection for life would can serve. A, like, what does that mean? Does that mean his Secret Service agents like 
serve with him in jail? Like, what, is, what does that mean? So I think that ultimately this is an attempt to set the stage for the 14th Amendment and trying to basically wipe them off the ballot and say that uh, because of um, because the president is, quote unquote, convicted for uh, trying to tr- basically being responsible for an insurrection, he cannot run for president of the United States. I think you've already seen so, so me, an attempt at this with MTG in Georgia. And I think that was a dry run. And I think that this is now the full Monty. Yeah. So, so thank you, Vish. But I, I need to get Ben in here real quick and uh, ask you. So, Ben, Donald Trump on January 6th tweeted out, quote, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. A follow up tweet said, I am asking everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order, respect the law, and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. I pinned that to the top for everybody to see. Uh, That was tweeted on January 6th of 2021. Uh, So, Ben, are these charges related to January 6th actually fair, given the fact that the president of the United States, Donald Trump at the time, encouraged people multiple times to stay peaceful, never asked them to break into the Capitol, and actually was holding a rally at the time while all these other people were uh, causing havoc at the Capitol. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, sure. First of all, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Is it clear? Okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm doing a little bit of traveling, and I don't know how to sign into Wi-Fi. I'm not a technological person. So I guess my first question is this. I, have, I, I haven't really been able to catch up. Does anyone know what, uh, it, or has there been reporting on what crimes are contained within the target letter? Does anyone know what, yeah, what they yes. are? Yes. yes, sir. So we have uh, 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 three statutes uh, that have been cited in that target letter that was sent to Donald Trump by the Department of Justice uh, pertaining to deprivation of rights, conspiracy to commit an offense against or defraud the United States, and tampering with a witness. So, okay, so that's, um, I think, that's 18 U.S. 242 is deprivation of rights. Uh, what are the other two? Wit- wit- so, so witness tampering is 1512. Okay, and what was the, what was the, uh, the other one? Okay, so, so the, what we have is, again, pertaining to deprivation of rights. So that's U.S., that's 18, U- yeah, okay, that's, so that's 18, I'm just trying to think, that's 18 U.S. Uh, 242, yep, go on. Correct. Conspiracy to commit an offense against or defraud the United States. Third, okay. tampering with a witness. Yeah, so, okay, if that's the case, um, so he's not thus far being charged with the riot or however people want to frame that, right? It looks like he is potentially about to be indicted for the events surrounding, uh, you know, the, the entirety of January 6th, less the riot, right? So I remember that speech well. He said, let's march peacefully and so forth. And I, I read the above pinned tweet, but I, I'm just not necessarily sure that it, uh, that has anything to do with, with these charges, right? So deprivation of... Go ahead. I was going to say, well, what Andrew was suggesting, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but... It sounds like you were suggesting that what they're really going to be aiming at is something around the elector uh, plan. That is, there was something, you know, the, so sometimes they call them fake electors. They're essentially uh, when states send electors who do not represent the electoral college vote. Uh, this was a plot that was originally cooked up by Democrats in the 2016 election uh, as a last minute Hail Mary in December ahead of the January 
ratification in 20... Are, are in you 20, talking about the, the Hamilton electors thing? Because it's... You're, not exactly uh, what they were what what you had a lot of democrats doing in late 2016 was trying to convince electors to go rogue these uh what happened in in 20 uh, 2020 2021 uh, was you had a whole you had uh fake electoral certificates submitted to the national archives by people claiming to be uh, the uh, the duly elected electors from uh, the, these swing states. But uh, yes, that's what I suspect the, the conspiracy to defraud the U.S. would, uh, would be uh, related yeah, to. Yeah, ab- and- absolutely. And conspiracy is the key word there, right? So conspiracy is not just one person. So my gut feeling, if they're going to use um, that statute, you're going to see a lot of high-profile, potentially high-profile people around him. My, my guess would be a lot of his lawyers, perhaps, uh, you may see John Eastman, Lynn Wood, Rudy Giuliani. We just don't know yet. Um, but no, I, so in answer to your question, Nick, I don't necessarily think that the tweet that you put up there or his speech at the Ellipse has any bearing on this whatsoever. Um, it's just, yeah, he's not being charged thus far with the riot or what some people call it an insurrection, but he's certainly, uh, it looks like he's about to be charged for everything surrounding it, right? So the fake electors plot, you know, what what has Mark Meadows said, right? Clearly, clearly Mark Meadows has flipped. I mean, there's just but, no denying that. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. But Benjamin, do we know what this would even uh, pertain to, though? You're talking about conspiracy to overturn the 2020 election. Do we have any sort of details on, on you no, know, what the Department he, of Justice has? He's talking about has, conspiracy or? to defraud the United States, which is a specific offense. Okay, right. Well, yeah, so, but, relates, sure, but this, this, this pertains so, to the 2020 election, correct? Yes. So it pertains yes, to the 2020 election. They're trying right? to use wordplay to basically mask what's going on here. So there's a there's a tweet there's a tweet thread at the top of my profile where I go through the John Podesta plot in 20 uh, in ahead of 2020. They planned this in June 2020. They had they ran the Transition Integrity Project ran four simulations for disputed outcomes. And simulation three was called, quote, clear Trump win. And it, this was John Podesta role-playing Joe Biden, as well as a as well as a coterie of 60-plus DNC officials and never-Trump Republicans who all got together in June 2020 to plot how to overturn a, quote, clear Trump win at the electoral college level by doing the following things getting the state electors to change their, despite states like Michigan voting for Trump, to get the electors to switch their allegiance to nonetheless go rogue and and submit for Biden, to have three different Western states secede from the entire country, California, Washington, Oregon. The plot was for all of them to secede. This is literally in the John Podesta plan at the top of my profile there. You'll see this. My, all, Mike, is that, is that like, similar? Then they even yeah. said, even uh, is it similar to what? To Black Lives Matter in order to get Black Lives Man, Matter just, to act as street muscle to shut down the entire federal okay, government. So if I can just add one thing before I go for my cigarette. So, Mike, I hear what you're saying. I am not that familiar with um, the Podesta simulation. But I would point out that there's a very di- big difference between running a simulation and, you know, planning for whatever, I guess, permutations of something and actually trying to do it. So here, like, we can see what happened in Michigan. We know they did. Like, first of all, conspiracy requires requires agreement and an affirmative step in furtherance. 
Okay, this is like a well. It's a little bit more than that, but no, that no. Those are literally the two legal requirements for for conspiracy at the federal level. And then on top of that, you have you have what has been stipulated from the Time Magazine article that came out right after the election that they had agreements in place between the SEIU and the Chamber of Commerce with respect to that pro- shutdown protest activity, which was called off at the last second because it was decided that Biden was going to win. They wouldn't need to shut down. The streets, they wouldn't need to have an insurrection because Biden won. They literally had the exact same thing. And instead of getting indicted, John Podesta got promoted into the White House, where he now oversees a $370 billion climate slush fund. This is, this is the two-tier justice system we live under right now. And the whole thing has got to be effectively restructured, and this corruption has to be dismantled, or we're not going to have a country. That's agreed. Uh, and if they actually put President Trump in jail, I'm sorry to interrupt, gentlemen. If they actually put President Trump in jail, I hate violence. I'm not calling for violence, but there will be violence. Think about this. If you set up President Trump and you put President Trump in jail, every one of his supporters now will feel like there's a bullseye on his back. There's a reason why I moved my family and my six-month pregnant wife from Illinois to Florida. There was a reason for that. What's coming on the horizon doesn't look very good. It's not safe for our Constitution, not our country, and our fellow Americans, which many, maybe we don't even agree with, but I still care about them for the political warfare and nonsense that we're facing. And many of them, these politicians, beholden to donors. And at the end game, that's what this is about. So yeah, you're right. We have big problems coming our way. So, Joe, I'm going to bring you in here. Just give me your initial thoughts on the indictment as well. And I'm sure you have some arguments uh, responding to our fellow panelists here. And I want to I would encourage the audience, bottom right-hand corner, give us your thoughts and questions. We're going to be here for a while. And, you know, we have some damn good panelists up here on both sides of the aisle. So, uh, Joe, go ahead and jump in. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just overall, I mean, there are questions, right? Yeah, you, well, you stated some of the things he said. But you didn't state all of them, right? If we don't fight like hell, we're, we're not going to have a country anymore. We're going to the Capitol. We will stop the steal. Like all those things that he said matter as well, as well as respect the blue, right? Um, he did say other things that were damning and should be investigated and be seen. Do I think it's a good look on Biden that they're going after Trump right now? No, it's not. It's going to look like the president going after going after Trump. That's what I think is bad. But when do you do it? When is the right time? What I don't like is this thing about, oh, there was a simulation about exactly this situation that Mike just brought up. Tom Fitton wrote an email about the fraud and about the steal of the election a week before the election even happened. Right. And that's public. So to talk about there was a simulation on one side, everything was already done by Tom Fitton, exactly why he wasn't going to win. These and weren't random at, people. These were secretaries Mike, of defense. At, these were these look, were John Podesta was Hillary Mike, Clinton's campaign Mike, manager. Let me finish. I let you finish. The White House. I let you finish. This isn't like a bunch Pete, of hobos on a street corner doing a simulation. These were the people in charge of the national security thing. But it was Mike, just a simulation. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so, into place. Come on now. Right. Historically, who wins is who raises the most money. That last debate, Trump lost. Biden raised a ton of money. That last debate. And he won the he won the presidency. That is the norm for an American election. It's whoever raised the most money wins. That is the norm. 
right? What are you so talking it's about? No Trump, surprise. No, no, what are you, wait, first of all, what are you talking about? Trump won in 2016 despite being yeah, outspent yes, and, by $300 yeah, million dollars by Clinton. Yes, exactly. And I spoke about it on, on TED Talk stage and said, I bet my career Trump's going to win, even though I wasn't for him. And even though he spent half as much as Hillary. That's but the that first is, time because right. there was but a movement. But that right. movement was done. Mike, that movement was done. He didn't fulfill his promises. Democrats statistically have to pay two to three times more in donations to get election fraud claims. Is that Jack? You're going to use you're going to use one case. I don't mind going there. You're going to use one case way outside this conversation. But like you're going to use one case that like Biden won the election. Is that is that what this is? I'm going to say that typically you look like the past 50 years. The guy who who raises the most wins. I did predict Trump would win because I work in marketing. I understand what he was doing and I understand the movement that he created. When you when more coal mines closed than open during his presidency, he has a serious problem, right? Yeah, because a lot his of promises you know, weren't fulfilled. When Mexico yeah, obviously, doesn't pay for a lot the of law, people, including myself, problem. also called the 2016 election. It had nothing to do with the amount of money raised. So when, why even bring that up? Because I mean, you traditionally, just, you just that's what point. wins. No, Mike, no, traditionally. But it didn't, with the I same just said traditionally. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just well, said well, traditionally. I mean, that's what we're Wait, hold on. It, across the board, if we're going to talk congressional races as well, Senate races, it's not always who has the, the biggest dollar, though I'm not completely disagreeing with you, but Democrats do outraise Republicans, and Republicans still beat them on values. So that's not 100% accurate, your argument. I'm talking about presidencies alone. Not even fifty percent accurate races. because Trump literally won the twenty sixteen election despite being out. That's, that's so one. I got, I got to run out, out Mario. By the way, I got I got to bounce in a minute. So just as like a, a closing thought here, look uh, for the Democrats on the panel. Look, I I sympathize with Democrats on on a lot of things. On this, how are you going to look yourselves in the mirror at the end of this indictment process? And how do you expect when Republicans take power to not have something that goes the other way. How are you going to have somebody indicted for a thousand years? All of them on like basically like, you know, process and paperwork type charges. A thousand years when a rapist or first degree murder only gets up to 25. The white. How do you not expect to swing this the other way? And I, I got to bounce, but just I would like to hear the panel on that. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in the list. Mike, just one question before you bounce. Do you think the two 13 year olds that accused Trump of rape at Epstein party should have been heard? Instead of getting death threats, tell me that. Well, oh, hold on, hold on. We better provide some sort of context here, man. I mean, I, 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 am not even sure what you're talking about. Maybe you can pin it to the top, but Jack, I'll, I'll, I'll pin it to the top. Night, okay, 1964 Supreme Court case. You have celebrities and elected U.S. politicians cannot be awarded libel. So this, I mean, how much of this is bullshit? How much is the real? And I, listen, I even sympathize with the Democrats on some of the attacks for Biden and, you know, some of the other, the other people. It's just ridiculous political warfare and it's annoying and it's starting, to, it's continuing to divide Americans, dividing this country that I love, the, the country that I got involved and in, threw my hat in the, in the circle to try to represent the people of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, how much of this is bullshit? I mean, we have to have a little bit of discernment here in these conversations. Um, so 
Let me go to Brick. Brick, uh, thanks for joining us. What's your initial thoughts about this possible indictment to Trump? Well, you know, I think we really don't know what it's about. And, and the Democrats... Who is that, Brick? Yeah, the Democrats have made a lot of news, uh, you know, about how Trump was at fault for J6, that he was the architect of the insurrection. And if it turns out that this indictment is not about the mechanics of that insurrection, I see that as a retreat from the position Hello? that they that they, that they had. Hey, and, uh, I don't think you can hear Brick. I'm going to bring you down and bring you back up. All right, thanks. So okay. I'll, I'll continue. So so if, they're, if they do something where, you know, they, they've said for so long that, the uh, the events of January 6th were all his fault. And now this indictment doesn't address that core claim that it goes to something else that is, you know, obviously they're still alleging it as a crime, but it's not what they were saying, what what he was guilty of. I think that that falls a little flat. And I think that there's also a lot of uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, indictment fatigue here. I, I think that Casual voters and people who were following the campaign who are not in the professional political realm are going to have difficulty uh, separating the indictments that that may be out there from the New York, from the documents, from this one, and and again, potentially one coming in Georgia. I, I don't know. At some point, I just don't think another indictment really is hurting President Trump at this point in time. I think the timing and the mechanism of it are incredibly suspect and will do, if nothing else, just further energize support for him. Can I can I add to, to Brick? One of the uh, things I... that we're missing, the key thing, is January 6th wasn't a singular event just on the 6th. It, it didn't just happen. It was planned out. It had the event. And then there was... Um, you know, consequences from after the event as well. And I think those... The... Okay, but what do you mean planned out, Dan? You're talking about pl planned out by who? Who was this planned out It by? was. You're not referring to Donald Trump, it, correct? Well, I mean, it was planned out by multiple members of Congress, by conservative talk personalities who were telling people to go and to fight. Um, I mean, there were a lot of people involved in this. It's not just a singular... So are, are you saying that there was a conspiracy to... You know, the accusation is raid the Capitol, 100. I guess. Are you, you're saying that there were multiple members of Congress that were encouraging people to raid the Capitol. Is that what you're saying? There were members of Congress giving tours to the Proud Boys prior, one week prior to the incident. I mean, can I just okay, jump well, in for but, but, Can but, I just but, jump in for it? Saying, hey, yeah, Andrew, I'm going to let, can... let you follow up right to me, but I just want to say, Dan, you know, it's very easy. You call your congressman's office and anybody can get a tour. They don't discriminate based on that, so... Just to be he's clear. trying to um, imply and, that they were given tours simply for the purpose of insurrection to know the ins and outs of the Capitol. And I, I, I that, that, that seems like that quite story. a far-fetched accusation, Sarah, just based on the fact that I could call I would a agree. tour, you know, in three days. So go ahead, well, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Uh, Nick, well, just to address that real quick, yeah. there weren't there weren't any uh, any authorized tours going on at, at the time because of COVID, but. I think it, I forget who was just talking about uh, the idea that they, of a, someone asked about a, a conspiracy to Dan, uh, to, Dan uh, talked about a, a conspiracy to, to raid the Capitol or something. Well, uh, in fact, uh, the Justice Department just got a, a couple of jury verdicts uh, in cases where they, they proved that there was such a conspiracy 
and this was the the proud keeper among proud Boys congress and Oath people keepers. andrew though no no i didn't say among congress people you, dan was asking if there there if there was a conspiracy to uh, to storm the capitol and there were okay, but, but uh, two big court cases about that just is what that. Dan said. That is what Dan said. That there was that a conspiracy was the, among the, Congress people. So, well, even if um, even if there there had been among among Congress people, uh, you'd run into speech and debate clause problems in trying to bring charges against them. But uh, there there were seditious conspiracy indictments brought that resulted in convictions, and that's not an easy thing. Uh, and we usually, when the feds bring seditious conspiracy indictments, they lose. So this was so this was a um, an outlier in in that they were able to uh, to bring these indictments against uh, Proud Boys and Oath Keepers leaders and get a jury to agree, uh, but it does not look thus far as if uh, Donald Trump will be charged with seditious conspiracy. Uh, that I know that's something a lot of uh, liberal talking heads have been have been throwing about, and I. Uh, and it wasn't, I believe, one of the things that the January 6th committee included in their in their referral to the Justice Department. But the witness tampering and the conspiracy of the fraud of the United States were included in those referrals. But uh, it's it's just worth pointing out that, uh, that the DOJ has gotten uh, jury verdicts on seditious conspiracy over January 6th. But it does not look like that's what they're going after Donald Trump for now. As for what uh, Mr. Bricksuit was saying about uh, indictment fatigue, and, and it's going to be a letdown uh, to people if, it, if Trump isn't charged for anything directly linked to the violence. Um, I kind of get what you're saying there, uh, but I, I'm I'm not sure that that's actually going to uh, going to be the case because. This doc, the documents indictment, uh, is in some ways it's simple, but because it involves uh, national defense information, it's very it's it's complex in its own way, and it's hard to un, it's hard to understand for people who just casually you know watch the watch the news. Witness tampering, that's easy to understand. Everyone everyone's seen The Godfather. You know, everyone's seen mob movies. People but how was Thanos. Donald Trump? How was Donald Trump tampering with witnesses, though, Andrew? I don't know. We're, if if but if it's charged, we're going to see it in the indictment. Uh, yeah. yeah, I suspect. I suspect that it was a text message to somebody or something like that. Some form of message that will be argued to be tampering. But you know. Are you going to find a smoking gun where President Trump is saying "do this or that"? You're not going to find that. That's not there. Well, we I don't, don't know. Believe... No, we, we don't know. Actually, that, right? I'm not going to say we're not going to find that because I don't know. It hasn't been revealed. I, I highly suspect that that won't be the case. That it will be something where a statement was made and they will try to build, you know, the case that that was tampering, and people will have to evaluate that on whether or not, you know, what the what the true intentions were. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see something as clear cut as the Godfather. I, I just don't. My, my no, feeling. But what, my, my, no, but my, my point is that that's actually a pretty easy thing. It's, it's an easy concept for people to grasp. And, and so I, I think that if that's one, one of the charges, I think it might have more of an effect uh, than, than Mr. Suit is suggesting because it's. It's it's just conceptually 
uh, easier for some people to get why that's bad and you know why that why the former president might be charged yeah. for something like that. I, I, so I'll agree. I'll, I'll agree with that if the language is clear. I just it's my feeling is just that the language won't be clear that that's what was occurring. So that's you know I totally stipulate that if it was something that was outright language like that 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 would be easier for lay people to understand. I just don't get the feeling based upon a lot of, you know, not just, not much my feeling, but actually so many other things that the president has said being uh, interpreted, uh, I don't want to say twisted, but being interpreted with what I perceive as a bias to try and prove a point, which is, of course, the, the whole, you know, part of the main goal of the legal system is to do that. So, you know, I, I just think that it's not going to be something clear cut that will be people will be able to latch on and said, oh, yeah, that really was that. I think there's going to be an argument that needs to be made, um, because I think if they had that smoking gun, they already would have fired it. Ben. Yeah. So just to uh, what, what Brick Suit said, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. But in terms of a smoking gun. Uh, right. So we know that he got a target letter. Right. We have a very a decent idea of what the charges will be, but I, I think that what people potentially are discounting is, and I'm going to say this again, where is Mark Meadows, right? So he may be that smoking gun. You may have a John Dean uh, moment with Mark Meadows. Um, that's going to be very interesting, right? He's been very quiet, clearly. Uh, well, in my mind, he's, he's obviously cut some type of a deal. So we have to wait and see, because that might not be a smoking gun. That might be a, you know, like a smoking cannon, right? I mean, Mark Meadows was the man. He knows where the proverbial bodies are buried. So we'll see. Now, it's also of note, um, I'd like to know what happens with Rudy Giuliani. That's going to be very interesting to watch, right? Um, so, what again... You, ben, ben, just two questions. What do you mean by that? And second question, if he is indicted, like what, what kind of timeline are we looking at? Yeah, so what I mean about Rudy Giuliani is this, right? Um I'd like to know if he's going to enter into some type of cooperation deal. That that's going, you know, I, I do believe he will be indicted, um, perhaps in the next week. I'm talking about Giuliani, um, but again, you know, simply because somebody is indicted doesn't preclude them from entering into some type of cooperation agreement. I mean, Rudy Giuliani is a former U.S. attorney. Very, you know, he knows what he's up against. Timeline is going to be hard to say, right? So it'll be a little bit different in my mind. Sorry, from sorry, uh, sorry Ben, I'm interrupting. Yeah, I, sure. do want you to answer the, I do want you to answer the timeline thing. But so are you saying that you think Giuliani will turn on Trump? So I think that if, you know, once Rudy Giuliani is confronted, if he is indicted with, you know, oh my God, this is overwhelming. Rudy Giuliani is an old man, uh, you know, and if the evidence is strong, he's well aware of what it takes to prove a crime and get a, uh, conviction, especially in D.C., um, he he very well may, right? He doesn't want to spend years and years in prison because with Rudy Giuliani, you're not dealing with a former president where you have to have, you know, very special security concerns. And, I mean, you know, if Trump is convicted, you know, do we construct a new facility to accommodate his secret security or secret service? Rudy Giuliani is just a regular private individual. Um, so he absolutely can and potentially will go to prison. Those are his options, right? So when you're faced with that, a lot of people flip. Secondly, the timeline, I can't answer that really confidently. I don't know. It will be different than what we're dealing with in uh, in Florida. Clearly, Judge Cannon has no interest in, uh, in setting a trial date uh, in December, which was, I believe, that's what the DOJ requested. And they probably have a, a legitimate claim there, DOJ, right? I mean, just, there's, eight, I think, 800,000 
documents. There's thousands of hours of security footage. DC is going to be a little different, right? You're going to have a very different judge, a very different jury. That trial may come uh, come first. So let's say this. I don't believe that 20 or the uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, trial will get underway before the 2024 election. I do think that there is a reasonably good chance that, uh, uh, if, you know, if he's indicted next week, that that will get at some point uh, underway, maybe within the next year. So then you said you said you think Giuliani will get indicted this week. What about Trump? Oh, yeah, he's going to be. Of course, he's going to be indicted. A hundred percent. He'll be indicted within within a week. Absolutely. Oh, you think it's going to happen within this week? Yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll be before. It'll be before next. Time. Yeah, it'll be, be before Paul next Thursday. It'll wow. be before before next Thursday. So this is normally the way it works. Yeah. So you do not send a target letter unless you clearly intend to indict a person. So this will be the big sign if you see what's called a pitch meeting. That'll happen. Andrew, you, you know how these things work, too. I, I think we'll probably see a pitch meeting at some point early next week. It, you know, it may take a couple weeks to, to, to actually get the indictment voted on, but you'll see a pitch meeting. A pitch meeting is a courtesy in which uh, the Trump's attorneys will sit down with prosecutors and try to present their case for not indicting their client. We saw that with Manhattan. We saw that with Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, once you see that meeting take place, once you see it's getting reported, look for an indictment immediately after. All right. So I want to go real quick to uh, two people. here. I want to go to uh, Christian Ziegler. Uh, sorry if I pronounced your last name wrong here, uh, as well as Chris Nelson, uh, uh, Christian, you're the uh, chairman of the Florida Republican Party. You say you're a fan of both Trump and DeSantis. Uh, Chris, you're a pretty well-known DeSantis surrogate. I want to know from you guys, and then I'm going to go to Preston to let Preston follow up here. Is this, you know, we keep seeing indictment after indictment for Trump. It rallies his base, right? The donations pour in by the millions, is this a problem for the DeSantis campaign? Can they even overcome this stuff? Uh, uh, Christian, I'll let you start first. Let Chris follow up and then Preston. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'll get into the fallout in a second. But, you know, what's interesting is in 2016, I was actually a member of the Electoral College as well here in Florida. And Trump obviously won, uh, you know, 2016 around the country, but also Florida. Um, but I will tell you guys, I mean, I got, as a member of the Electoral College, not just me, but every single member here in Florida and across the country, we got tens of thousands of letters, calls, emails. I mean, people were threatening us, like personally threatening us, trying to get us to flip our electoral college vote from Trump to Hillary, which is pretty interesting. And after December and after, after that occurred, no one's ever talked about that. I mean, that's pretty clear uh, intimidation and in trying to, you know, influence the outcome of the election. But um, so that was something I just put a tweet on my Twitter account I just found from back then uh, that kind of went viral that showed some of the letters. But I mean, I, I probably got tens of thousands of letters in my mail uh, really pushing that. But, you know, when we're looking at this, I mean, I think the first individual that was speaking, talking about how this is a dangerous precedent. I agree with that. I hate to see it. Uh, but it is something that hopefully Republicans, when they get in, I mean, I think they're going to probably look to to use the system against the Democrats. And it's really dangerous what the Democrat Party's doing. I mean, here they are screaming about protecting, quote unquote, democracy. And it looks like they're willing to burn it down in order to go after Trump. But, you know, what's going on here that I think politically is it's not really to hurt Trump or even make him the nominee, which some people talk about 
I actually think what they're doing is they're trying to motivate their left base and they're trying to do everything they can to get Democrats behind Biden. I mean, they got a corpse here that is barely alive in the White House, is not exciting anyone. And that's why they're going all in on some of the trans and some of the other issues, the anti-parent issues, is to mobilize their base. And this is probably an easier path for them to do that. But what I'll share is I think across the board with Republicans, I don't care if you're a Trump supporter, DeSantis supporter, Nikki Haley, Vivek, whoever, um, is it's a reminder, and they need to be very careful how aggressive they go here, is it's a reminder of these institutions have been taken over and now they're being weaponized against a certain political faction in the, in the country. And I think that's going to be the, the theme of the campaign as we get, go through this is, you know, what candidate can best dismantle some of these institutions that are being weaponized against the American people. And, you know, if the, if the left really pushes this hard, what's going to happen is, you know, independents and even soft Democrats are going to say, well, this is just like way too much. I mean, there, there aren't a lot of people that support big government, even on the left. Uh, but this is a pretty clear, you know, showcase of that. Um, so right now, I mean, they just need to be careful how, how aggressive they go. And it's become almost a joke on the Republican side now. And, and it's, it's a joke, but yeah. it's also making us very angry. And I think Republicans, and you've seen comments from DeSantis and other, you know, Trump opponents that are coming to his defense on this, uh, because we are getting sick and tired of these institutions being weaponized. But again, you know, they need to be very, very careful about overdoing it. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go, Chris, I'm going to go back to my, my original question here. Uh, and then Preston, obviously. You're a, a pretty big DeSantis surrogate here. And I, I have to know from you, does this affect this third indictment, all these other indictments, does it worry the DeSantis camp? You know, because it's bringing millions of dollars to Donald Trump's campaign. Every time he gets indicted, he ends up going in the uh, up in the polls for the uh, GOP nomination for president in 2024. Is this a problem for the DeSantis campaign? What are your thoughts and how are they responding to it? Well, Nick, thank you very much for having me on. Chris Nelson here. And uh, first, I just want to say that for some reason I've been shadow banned or people people are having trouble seeing some of my tweets. And I'm really hoping that Twitter support and Elon Musk will do something about this. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but I think that was a very good Chris, point that Christian happen? brought up that this is probably a lot more about um, riling up the base. And uh, this is absolutely targeting by the justice department and please you're telling me they couldn't have done this earlier they're waiting until the election to do this this is without a doubt uh, election interference and uh i can't speak for ron desantis uh you call me a surrogate but i certainly do not work for the desantis campaign i'm a person who reported on ron desantis for years and started out as a pretty fierce critic of him and uh, he won me over through uh, basically uh, promoting things like standing up against big government and things like the, the Justice Department and people in Washington like Fauci and what they're doing. So I would tell you, I believe that Ron DeSantis wants a clean uh, race against Donald Trump, minus this election interference. The idea that uh, Ron DeSantis would want uh, the Justice Department filing all these indictments against Trump is ridiculous, number one, because uh, he said this before, that it's, it's wrong to be for one 
party to be targeting the other party. And but where Chris, this is not this is not what I'm asking here. What I'm asking is, does this have any sort of effect on the GOP primary for president of the United States in 2024? Because, uh, again, I'll say it for a third time here. Trump raises millions and millions of dollars every time one of these indictments comes out and he goes up in the polls. Is that a problem for the DeSantis camp? Uh, well, it certainly um, does help him when he gets indicted. Do I think that the DeSantis camp is sitting there and going, oh, darn it, uh, we're going to lose because he gets indicted? No, I think that, the DeS- that it very well may help Trump. But at the same time, I think Ron DeSantis is about doing the right thing, as he's always been. And then when I hear, first of all, there's people that were in, that were going after the January Sixers, okay, and trying to identify them and turn them over to the FBI and all the people on the left doing that. That was really shameful, you know. I mean, calling it an insurrection and and the way that everybody uh, turned against each other over this was just disgraceful. And we need a president that's going to uh, effectively rein in this Justice Department. When I hear Donald Trump talk about wanting to build the FBI a new building, these are the people that are trying to throw him in jail. When I hear him saying that, oh, I talked to this Democrat and he told me I should back the vaccine, these are the people that want yeah, to throw yeah. you so, in so, jail. So, Chris, I'm going to keep on topic here. Preston, I'm going to let you follow up to that. Then I'm bringing in uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, who's up on stage. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Gorka. Uh, Preston, respond to that. Let me know, is this a problem for the DeSantis campaign? And, you know, is there really any hope for the DeSantis campaign at this point? Preston, go ahead. Listen, I don't think there is. Uh, This last weekend at Turning Point Actions event, we saw that, uh, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy won the poll of who would you pick next? If you you couldn't have Trump, who would it be? And Vivek won over DeSantis and Trump just totally uh, obliterated everybody in the overall poll. But, you know, uh, when it comes to these indictments, I think you've got nothing more than obviously we've said it's a total political witch hunt. But, you know, in any other time period, people engaging in this level of conspiracy, they're throwing these words conspiracy and sedition and treasonous around. The only ones with that sort of level of contempt are the ones at the helm of this this persecution In, in any other time period. These people would have been sent to the gallows. But in America. We send them to the highest office of the land. I don't know why. But, you know, it, it comes down to the fact that they know the, the bold and the, you know, formidable uh, threat that Trump represents. And they want to take 